Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women here in northern Japan, the creator of the Jumpstart course and the host of the Women in Japan Mastermind. So thank you for tuning in to another episode. I've just finished recording a interview with, <clears throat> not a interview, an interview with the very lovely Melissa Uchiyama. So um, Melissa, I did not know before this, like I, I know her from Instagram, you know, that's that's how deep our relationship um, was before this interview. And I was really, you know, interested to find out more about what she's been doing and actually um, talk to her and, you know, hear her story more. So I was really gr- glad to have this opportunity to talk to her today. So Melissa is originally from the U.S., and she lives in um, in northern Tokyo now, and she is a writer, and she does a lot of work with, um, you know, people and helping them to become better writers through her camps and working with um, doing workshops with adults, and also she just loves food, and it seems like um, she's really found the the. The, her niche in life, you know, working with food, whether it's actually baking or writing about food. And yeah, you'll hear more about uh, in this episode about this really wonderful project that she has started and that's coming soon. So um, yeah, listen to the end of the episode for that because I feel that this um, project is a really great asset to. Um, to Tokyo and to well to Japan in general, but if you're living in Tokyo, you can actually take part in this project. So um, I'd love it if some of the listeners from this podcast, um, yeah, actually went and yeah took part in this uh, new project that she's starting. So make sure you listen for that at the end of the episode. So I hope you enjoy this episode uh, interview with Melissa. Hi, Melissa, and welcome to the Transformations with Jane's podcast. It's lovely to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me, Jane. It's so good to be with you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here today because you were actually nominated (laughs) by someone (laughs) to be on this podcast, weren't you? So um, Sarah Nishina, who is a very loyal listener. Thank you, Sarah, for always listening and helping me. Like she's always suggesting people or, um, you know, giving me tips and things. So yeah, I thank you, Sarah, for your, um, for being a loyal listener and for suggesting Melissa for the podcast. You must've been a bit surprised when I messaged you about that. Yeah. Well, she, and Sarah's amazing. She, um, she's thought, Oh, you know, this would be neat for you. And I'm just going to message Jane and suggested and I'm like, oh, oh well okay that's that's an honor but I didn't know if anything would come of it but mm-hmm. anyway Sarah Sarah's like the grand connector with with people here in Japan and maybe the world <laughs> <laughs> yes that's definitely what she is a grand connector she she loves um, helping people find each other right yeah. yes 
Yeah. So um, just for the listeners who um, don't know, like um, Melissa, I've never actually met Melissa in real life. I only know her through online things like um, following you on Instagram and things like that. Mm. So, you know, you don't have to be someone who I know in real life to be on this podcast is what I want to say. So, um, you know, I, we do know of each other and things, but today is actually our first chance to actually speak to each other <laughs> through the power of the internet. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to have this chance to talk to you today, Melissa. So let's start off by, um, yeah, would you just tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, where you're from or where you, what part of Japan you're in and that sort of thing. Thank you. Um, I'm from South Florida. So like real, real close to the beaches, the East coast, like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Boca Raton, all that. Um, and I moved here um 11 years ago so um and we we moved to northern tokyo which is where we've been um and my my parents-in-law japanese they're here not not far from us and we're in kitaku so we're, we're close to a lot of beautiful gardens and yeah it's become home yeah, it does become home after a, a while, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine um, not living or having some connection with this with my part of Japan um, mm. here in Fukushima. Um, even though, yeah, we're planning to move away for a few years soon. We're co- we're intending to come back again, but yeah, it, oh, okay. it does it does become yeah part of your I don't know your history definitely right. Yes. And so, what do you do? in Tokyo. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have created since you've been in Tokyo. Thanks. Um, Well, when I was in Florida, I was an elementary school teacher in the public school system. And um, I became national board certified. I thought we'd be in the U.S. for a long time. And um, maybe a year later, we moved to Japan. Um, And I began working at the, um, the American School in Japan at the um, early learning center in Roppongi and I did that and then I just started instead of continuing as much as I loved it I started like being a freelance tutor and um, I would I would speak with the student services and teachers and I felt like I was really um, able to meet families and of course the kids at where they were and I could supplement the creative things and I could help with assessment and um, so I saw that as a real privilege and I did that for a while and then that gave way to um, a creative writing camp the first which was maybe seven years ago. Oh wow so seven years you've been doing your creative writing camp in Tokyo. Well, um, I have to say off and on because I have off three children. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've worked when I've, I've, I've taught and I've gone out when I've been able to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, a bit more about this writing camp. Like I love writing myself and I really want to instill a love of writing in my children without forcing them to love writing, which we know doesn't work. Um, yeah. So I love writing. How, like how does the, the camp actually work? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, um, my nine-year-old, our, our eldest, um, decided to join me um, for the first time in one of my camps this summer. There were two total camps. And so I was thrilled and I 
I didn't push it and she was afraid I would like criticize her writing in front of people or at all. And I think she was delighted that it was a really safe, fun space. <laughs> um, but what I do is I team up with extraordinary award-winning Japan-based writers. And so I invite one um, such writer um, for each camp, each session. So um, I've worked with Suzanne Kamata and Holly Thompson. And um, this year I was with Annie, uh, Chikama, uh, Donworth Chikamatsu, and it's been fantastic. I think I'm missing an author in there. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and Lisa Lowitz, how could I forget? So um, it, it's been neat because I'm showing them real live authors who are doing it and they're successful and they have beautiful books with gorgeous covers and they have texts and they have, um, I've been using, um, do you know the genre called novel and verse? Novel and verse. No, I don't. Tell me about that. So it's, um, it's really perfect for kids or any like reluctant reader, anyone, adults too, because it's a, it's a novel. So it's a dynamic story with a, group of characters a main character problem all of this that you need in a novel and but it's written very poetically so it breaks every rule of a traditional novel of sentence structure of punctuation you know it's like if e, e. cummings had written a novel so you have a lot of negative space a lot of white space on a page which is very good for kids mm. of all ages and the words are often placed really poignantly on a page for a certain reason and you get the rhythm and you get the emotion and you get like the full voice of a kid. They're often young adult or, or you know, like kid written from a, that perspective. So you're not getting all of the structure bogging it down. And so I'm working with these real authors using beautiful literature and, um, and notebooks and journaling. And we're, we're taking trips outside and to botanical gardens and, it's just really fun. Yeah, it sounds it sounds fun. Like I had no idea what would a writing camp look yeah. like or entail. Um, even the idea of camp, I don't really understand. Coming from New Zealand, um, we don't have camp. Yeah, um, oh, it's not a thing really um, because, and I guess it's because our summer um, happens at Christmas and New right. Year. And so parents tend to be on holiday as well with their kids. Whereas in this part of the world, parents are still trying to hold down a job and all of that sort of thing. So camp kind of, I, and I'm guessing camp is sort of necessary in that way to um, help pass a sort of long summer holiday as well. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. So we, we really don't have that idea of camp and I only know it from like Hollywood movies. <laughs> You know, where the kids go to camp and they and they stay in like a, a hut, or not a hut, like a, a lodge or, or something, you know, in the right. wilderness yeah. and all sorts of exciting things happen and it looks very glamorous and, and fun. We don't do that in New Zealand. <laughs> we have to go with our families and, and camp, you know, um, as, a past, as opposed to going to camp. So, yeah, and especially a camp in Tokyo is like, you know, obviously you guys aren't going into the wilderness and and sleeping in sleeping bags and things, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're squatters in Yoyogi Park. <laughs> um, it's not it's not a sleepover. Maybe that'll be in the future. That would be really fun. Um, yeah. But it's it's 
it's just a full day. And so this summer it was seven full days. There were two camps. Um, but we, we use a lot of food and like recipe building and making snacks. And we've been in the space um, of Best Living Japan, um, which has a full, gorgeous, uh, like commercial kitchen. So we've been able to do a lot of neat things and then take advantage of the central like transportation and buses. And um, we even teamed up with um, a local ballet company um abc ballet school and company um in tokyo and they um invited us in and like what does that have to do with anything but instead of talking ju just only talking about verbs and strong action words we hoped that in in watching dancers you know sweating and moving right in front of us that that would inspire some words mm. and um, and rhythm in our writing, just like looking at bugs, you know, inspires that too. So we're just really hands-on and trying to give some neat experiences. And that's the point, right? Like not giving a textbook and asking for a certain structure of an essay, but letting them really explore language and, and have fun with it. Yeah, I love that, that they can, yeah, experience something and then, yeah, use their language to explain it or, um, yeah, to to note down what they saw and things. And that's a skill, yeah, they could use everywhere in their lives, yeah? Yeah. Their curiosity about things and, yeah, that's right. awesome. And, and asking questions, you know, what, what happens next? Or how would that look if this happened? And, and that's a lot of creative writing. But also for, for um, a lot of the international kids or um, Japanese kids, anyone whose um, first language is not English, you know, they're hungry for hands-on experiences and, um, and just a break from only the classroom, even if the classroom teacher is amazing. If they're going to have enrichment, I don't want to just be, um, a, you know, a juku. I don't want to just no, get real yeah. vocabulary and spelling. That's far from it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know my daughter attends a, a regular Japanese school here. Um, where we live and so she spends a lot of time filling in worksheets and um, that sort of thing uh, I know but I know they also do a lot of other things as well um, but yeah some is a time for experimenting and um, exploring isn't it so that's really that sounds like a fantastic um, you know place for kids to spend time um, during the summer especially if you know parents are struggling to to find something that to to do with them you know especially if you have to work and that sort of thing so yeah, yeah. so how many kids do you have you did you have for the last one that you've just finished well <clears throat> we try to keep it small so it feels you know like kids can really become solid friends and they mm. feel good and like their words you know they just become more confident so like i think seven to ten kids is is kind of a magic number but i was really lucky to have a like a full-time amazing assistant with me this this summer and she's also a writer and a professor and a, and a parent a mom so um i could have more in the future maybe 12 is good mm -hmm. but yeah it's been fun so i have i have a full year almost to plan for the following summer <laughs> keep making it better and better and fortunately there are some amazing authors in japan so i have have quite a wealth of choices that's great yeah that's so exciting 
yeah, they've been gracious with their time. Yeah, I love that, you know, that, yeah, the kids can meet a real author, like these are real people who make books and you can do it too, just like, yeah, she did or something. That's great. So, um, you know, how, tell us a little bit about how you got, like, what were some of the challenges that you overcame with starting up your writing camps? And yeah, especially I can imagine in Tokyo, like, for example, finding somewhere to do it for a start must have been a bit of a challenge, right? Yeah, well, um, again, best best living Japan, um, Lauren and Sandra from there, they're, they're kind of like the heart of the community if you're in Tokyo. Um, and so they're really central, they offer a lot of classes. Um, so they're kind of becoming this beautiful hub um, with cooking classes and traditional arts and all that. So it was a good fit, I think, for what they already do. And so they were really, like, welcoming. But um, if, if not for them, I would need a great community space. And maybe I'll do that in the future. Or if, um, if there's a lobby or a huge living room or a, you know, a sunroom that a family would like to offer and whose child is taking part. But, yeah, I don't, I don't live so close so um, my, I, probably my biggest challenge personally, uh, challenges have been regarding childcare and making it work so that I can really be focused. It takes a lot of energy, but I also have a husband who's super supportive. So it all works. <laughs> well, that does help, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah so um, best living Japan, I have seen on the Instagrams as well. Um, but yeah, not being in Tokyo myself, I have never attended any of their events and things. But yeah, if you're new to Tokyo, I feel they're a great place to to hook into a community that that's already there, and you can learn a lot of great stuff about living in Japan and just cool Japanese things too, right? Yeah, well, and of course, um, of course, your podcast, you're, you're pulling these amazing women from all over Japan and all of the neat things they're up to. So I think all of that is so inspiring because especially if you're moving to Japan, you're, you don't know if your skills from before can be used here, in what capacity, how do you transition, how do you make a life that will feel fulfilling. So I think you're an amazing resource. I'm so glad to have found you. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of episodes to catch up on still. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that that's sort of um, something that this podcast has nat just naturally become a place for people to to get inspiration on, um, yeah, ways of potential ways of living in Japan. Yeah. So um, I know even, you know, three years ago, I used to blame Japan for all of my problems <laughs> you know whether it was that I didn't have the job I wanted or I didn't have enough friends or yeah you know, like feeling isolated and lonely yes um yeah feeling uncomfortable in being a foreigner in in a country like Japan where you know especially in the countryside you stick out like a sore thumb mm. um yeah I blamed all of those things on Japan whereas actually those were my responsibility to deal with and when I did take responsibility for dealing with those things magic not magically but things got better things started to happen and you know things continue to get exponentially better and so I hope that this podcast is somewhere where you know if you are feeling sort of a bit lost or a bit down 
Mm. having a bad bad japan day maybe yeah. <laughs> mm. um, you can listen and you can be like oh well melissa started something using her the skills that she had and with the you know resources that were around her and look what it is now so yeah we can all we can all learn from each other and um we can all you know make our lives in japan as enjoyable as as possible you know we we not we shouldn't be just biding time here until we can convince our family to move back home you know so <laughs> exactly and and oftentimes back home has its own challenges i mean you know, there are people we miss and we love and there are easy solutions maybe but to to um to be in a place where you have to really decide your not your destiny, but you know, your outlook and your position and how you're going to be and how you're going to confront uh, those bad Japan days, what you do the next day is, is a pretty amazing way to grow, you know? So it's, there's a lot to be grateful for too, but I've definitely had my share of uh, pity parties. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and we're allowed to as well. I think that's another important thing. Um, you're allowed to have your pity parties um, because it is tough living here sometimes you know we are away from our families um, but when the pity party goes on and on and we we don't take responsibility then that's that's where the where we can improve I think yeah so yeah, that's a good differentiation and that we are allowed to feel those things too yeah sure. definitely feel the feelings mm -hmm. yeah don't push them down and because that's what I was probably doing was um, was not feeling that and just pushing the feelings down with food, with alcohol, with, you know, whatever it was, shopping or something, you know, um, a distraction, um, avoiding, avoiding the feelings. Yeah. Avoiding, um, the sadness or avoiding the, the discomfort by, um, you know, doing, doing something to push it down. So yeah, I really encourage people to, to, to set a timer. <laughs> set a timer yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna feel sorry for myself and then i'm gonna pick myself back up and then i'm gonna move on so yeah i think that's a great way to 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 live yeah it could be you don't have to be in japan it could be new zealand like there's could be america wherever you are in the world yeah exactly it, it wherever you go there you are <laughs> exactly but, one of my favorite was, quotes yeah. <laughs> um that was so good like um about avoiding the discomfort but that's um <laughs> i i think i really grew here in um in having kids i mean just making roots like they're actually they're in japanese school there are human beings but um like even the process of childbirth is like you you can't avoid well <laughs> i didn't have the painkillers and, and uh, i know it's hard to get anyway sometimes here or at epidural but like you really have to ride the each contraction and know it's for a purpose and breathe through it. And I guess that was like, I don't know. That's like the biggest picture I see, but I had so many, um, like for each of my, uh, I can't communicate with people. Uh, I feel let down in this. Um, I would, I would like, no, I'm gonna, I don't know. It wasn't, um, like conscious, but I would end up going out and getting, getting more plants to plant. And I would like, I just kept making this little garden and I'm like, it was like being stubborn and I'm going to put my roots down and I'm going to make something beautiful here. And even though it sucks at this moment, mm. this is 
this is going to be something beautiful for the future. Wow. I love the symbolism of the garden. <laughs> and also like just, you know, being in nature has that therapeutic aspect to, to us humans. Right. So, and I can imagine, oh, well, I'm just guessing Tokyo, not so much green around. That's, <laughs> that's a really nice sort of metaphor, not metaphor, but yeah, a nice way to overcome those tricky days or times. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Right. But, um, baking or yoga or biking or gardening, they're important, right? Exactly. It's just moving your attention, isn't it? So you've had a bad, something happened, I'm feeling bad and we're going to move our attention to my, my garden that makes me feel good or baking that uh, makes me feel like I've achieved something or yeah, right. um, yoga that makes my body feel relaxed. Yeah. Those are all good things that we like, it's, they're not things that, um, what's the word? just make you feel worse basically like you know stuffing you know stuffing yourself with junk food or <laughs> whatever you know that's that's a really good way to process those um those feelings that come up you know and when we have those days i love those ideas have and i like the garden like i would love to be out of my garden i have a really big garden i'm actually very yeah. lucky yeah. here in fukushima i have a really big garden sometimes i'm just too terrified to go out there because of the bugs you know like in <laughs> japan and how insects are really big here and you're from florida so we probably don't really um there's not really much difference potentially um but where i come from like there are no bugs <laughs> and they're very small you know like flies that sort of thing um there's no centipedes or um stinging caterpillars or stuff you know, scary stuff like that oh, this is unfortunate yeah yeah, yeah so i've had <laughs> I have this beautiful garden, which I love to actually take care of, but sometimes it's sometimes the year I'm just too terrified to go out there. <laughs> so invite like a team of like six and seven year old boys and girls to just go out there with shovels and hunt for bugs. Yeah. <laughs> and all of the big critters. Um, and it's the, it's the little ones that are actually really dangerous. Last year I got stung by these little fluffy caterpillars they're little brown and they're called um, chadokuga, chadokuga caterpillars. And so they're brown poisonous caterpillars. And <laughs> if they get on you, um, you've got to obviously get them off you right away because their little, little hairs sting you. And um, once you've got them off you, then you need to take a shower and you need to change your clothes. And even if they only touched you on your hand, you need to wash your whole body because um, their little hairs flow through the air and they can actually like the hairs sting you. And I didn't know that because I'm from New Zealand, right? I was, <laughs> even after 17 years, I didn't know this. Oh, right. And I left my clothes on all day. And the next, oh. day I woke up, next day I woke up and my whole leg was just on fire with um, horrible caterpillar stings. And my daughter who was sort of in the following behind me in the garden when I got you know, all these caterpillars on me. She didn't even get touched by any of the caterpillars, but she got some on her arm as well because the little hairs flew through the air. So yeah, that was my traumatic story from like exactly a year ago. This is the season when they are out, out and they're on camellia trees in particular. So um, stay away from camellias in October, oh. um, <laughs> September, October. Um, yeah, but that's, that's my, um, my, my love sort of love hate relationship with my garden in Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah so I had those two years ago. Yeah. 
my whole like torso was on fire and red and rashy for so long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get it. I, I was like, oh, let me bring in these beautiful leaves in and make a vase out of my trimmings and let me put it in our dining room. <laughs> oh. And as I'm carrying them up the stairs, I look down at one of the leaves and it's just covered. But it's too yeah, late. Just, yeah. Already too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, be careful out there. Yeah. But nature in Japan is pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're working on your, you've got your writer's camp and you also do baking classes. Tell us a little bit about the baking classes that you do. I'd love to. Um, yeah. Um, there was some research I just, I'll send you the link later if you're interested. I'll have to find it. But it was, it was just like, we've realized psychologically there are studies in the brain that being a part of baking classes specifically mm. is, is so positive for everyone's well-being and to be in a class. Of course, we know to be in a class, a dance class, an anything class, a group is, is really beneficial. But they were really looking at the, the benefits of baking and baking together. But um, it's at a local um, cafe, and which is run by and owned by a wonderful friend of mine now. She's Japanese, and her name is Yuiko-san. And um, that's how I first met Sarah, actually, uh, inviting her to that, I think. And then we realized, oh, we live nearby. But um, we th for a while, I was... I was teaching some English classes out of her cafe, the, the second uh, floor. But then after a while, actually it was our husbands who said, hmm, why don't you, no, they said first English. But after a while we thought, let's, let's use baking as a vehicle to teach language and to build community between Japanese women and international women. And let's make it a place where they can learn one of your beautiful, delicious recipes and we'll do it bilingually and they can leave with something, but in the process of making it, they can make friends and they can be with people maybe they never would have had the chance to really become friends with. Mm. And they can work on certain language skills and even the practical vocabulary of, of what these ingredients are called in Japanese, how to buy it, how to use a Japanese recipe, and, and then also the English. So we're working with Japanese women who've maybe never made cookies in their life. That's just not what they would make. And they're, they're like loving it and they're loving the chance to be with international women and they're, they're having real conversations and, and it's been really fun. Yeah. I love, I love that, you know, for the Japanese um, students, they can learn English and meet foreign women and try making something they've never done. But also, you know, I know, you know, I grew up baking like most weeks I sort of like probably came out. I was probably born baking, you know, <laughs> with something that you do. Right. Getting to Japan and then like, why does none of my recipes work in this country? You know, like the, the recipes don't work here for some reason, or they, they're just not right. Or, mm. um, yeah. So having to find new recipes that I never used before was a real frustration and, and, you know, adjusting ingredients to match the, the measuring cups here and things like, um, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm in in us, we don't use metric of course. So I'm right. Like, yeah. I'm how to use a scale and 
do all those things. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's really, really great. So we can get into baking in Japan, even <laughs> if you haven't been successful so far um, with it. So yeah, awesome. I love that. That Wow, I'm, I didn't actually know that baking is a such a positive um, <laughs> activity to do as a group, yeah. yeah I, there are a lot of essays out now about it. Um, and of course, like chefs and bakers are celebrities now and people love following food and flat lay pictures on Instagram and all that. But like, it's, I guess it's similar to gardening, back to that. But you have your hands in a bowl and you're like making a crumble with your fingers with butter and sugar and you have the scent of the cinnamon wafting up and you have the smell of what's already in the oven and, and you're like talking and you're being in community all the while and it's pleasant and it's fun and we give them yummy drinks and then you have this finished project, right? You have a finished product rather and, um, and then you have something delicious to leave, you know, when you're done with when you're done. But I think the whole thing is really positive. I mean, sure, it's sugar and calories. And if you're not into to that, you can always make it and give it to someone else. But it's really, it's really fun. And some people aren't, they don't really, maybe they don't, they're not there for the baking, but they're there for the conversation and the camaraderie. And, yeah. You know, so it's, it's all different. Mm, okay yeah like for me baking has always been you know something I did by myself and then everybody ate it and I was like hey where's the baking gone but yeah it's it's a different different way to enjoy baking that's for sure yeah I could maybe overcome my um dislike of baking I think I got to dislike baking um because as a kid I was always the one who did baking at home um for our family and then everybody ate it all and it was gone (laughs) Some kind of lingering childhood trauma there. Um, right? And so my kids love baking, but I'm like, oh my God, who's going to clean up this mess? But when you're out in a, in, a, in a group sort of setting and everybody, especially in Japan, everybody helps, everybody yeah. cleans up, everybody, you know, that, that would be really fun. So a different way to enjoy baking. It doesn't have to be the same as you know, it was as a kid in New Zealand, right? Well, um, and there are no dishes for any of our guests, <laughs> bakers to clean up. So that's, that's a benefit. We do it for them. But um, yeah, I think you needed to double your recipe and save your own pie or cookies for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think or maybe so. someone just needs to bake for you. Yeah, I would appreciate yeah. that. Let right? me. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe my, my children will get to the point where they can do it by themselves soon. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to do more baking, less buying things in a packet and more, you know, producing things at, freshly at home would be good. I think. Well, you'll have a whole new world of that opening up in your next chapter. Exactly. And a real oven that's not, doesn't yeah. sound like it's going to blow up after <laughs> trying to bake something in it. Right. Um, yeah. My friend in Sweden is part of a whole group and they, they get together at this time of year and they make these chocolate truffles, these chocolate balls. And they're like all kinds of neat baking less <laughs> oven, less sweet making times and cookies. And I don't know what, it seems like an amazing place. <laughs> oh, really? That sounds interesting. Yeah. Communal, communal baking is the thing. Yeah. And actually when you think, think about it, a lot of cultures do have, especially in Europe, yeah, they have a lot of, 
a, a, a sort of a thing about that, especially around Christmas. Yeah, they'll get together and just like have this massive bake-a-thon where they bake all these cookies mm. and then they share them all around and take them home, you know, for their Christmas um, Christmas cookie tins, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of cultures do have that. It's not so much a thing here in Japan, but they do other things like make mochi or, um, you know, how they all get together and pound the mochi and then spread it and, you know, separate it between them and take it home sort of thing. Yeah. A sort of a different um, thing. But, yeah, I guess all cultures have that, um, you know, community making something together and sharing yeah. it and things, yeah. We do that a lot in our house with gyoza, right? A nice gyoza, right, yeah. Why, yeah. Like, you wouldn't want to do that by yourself, right? Like, making, like, 100 gyoza by yourself would be really mm-hmm. painful, but I'm making together. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's an, so important, isn't it? And that's something that women, especially if you've moved to Japan, or you know you've um, you've come to Japan with your Japanese partner, that you're missing your community. Basically, is 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 the thing. So there are communities out there, and here's two. Yeah, here's here's one that's around baking, another that's around writing. and um you know we've mentioned other ones around hiking um in this podcast there's all kinds of communities out there just waiting for you to just take that step and just give it a go and and get out there right yeah and if if the community isn't already there or it's far from you um you can you can start something so you could exactly why not start something what why not you know start what you need Right. And um, chances are very high that other people will need it too. Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm curious, um, Jane, like how do you support women with your coaching and how do you help them to have that life that they need or want? <laughs> um, well, I guess if I look back at my own life three years ago, um, I just started out by doing something for me, and this is something that, you know, all women across the whole world struggle with, isn't it? Is to do things for ourselves because we tend to be taking care of everybody else and making sure everybody else is fed and wearing clothes and all of that alive, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, And then we get to the end of the day and go, wow, I did nothing for myself today. Every single thing I've done today has been for other people. And I'm wondering why I'm feeling unfulfilled. So that was me um, three years ago. And so what I, what I started doing was just exercising and just making that a priority for um, myself that I was going to exercise in some form every day and maybe that would inconvenience my family and that would be okay because everyone would survive and everyone got used to it and now it's it's usual you know it's it's become the new norm that I go out walking I go out running um, I take part in um, events around running and things you know um, that can be inconvenient for my family and they're okay with that so at first I just was doing my own thing and um, people around me were starting to notice, especially where I live here in Fukushima. Um, there aren't many foreign women, but the Japanese women around me were noticing and going, well, how are you doing this? Like, we want to do that too. And I was like, <laughs> um, oh, well, um, okay, well, let's do it together. So this is kind of how it started. It just started from um, me taking better care of myself and 
than other women wanting to know how to do that. So what I noticed is, especially for um, Japanese women in Fukushima, is that um, they really, 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 really struggle to do things for themselves or to to even consider that they are worthy of having me time or um, you know having a hobby after having their own children. Yes. Yeah. So to to so part of the coaching that I do with them is to help them to see that they can be even better mothers and even better you know wives and sisters and friends if their own cup is full first you know is is full and they're not trying to give from an empty cup um which is the situation that a lot of them are in yes. and um giving them the confidence to to try things and when they do they realize oh i'm it's okay i'm i'm not going to be kicked out of my family for you know, taking some time for myself or for being so selfish, you know, they think it's selfish um, as to go and, um, you know, have a night away in a hotel without my family or something, you know, like that. Um, obviously we work up to <laughs> going and doing things like that. Yeah, that's not like the first, the first, um, the first sort of thing they attempt. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, but, you know, and, and I work with women who are from all age groups and, it's and it's the scary thing is is that even when the kids leave home it doesn't mean that you get your life back at all so we have to create that now you have to create the life you want now and not wait for your kids to um, become fully functional adults when they get their first job which is what a lot of japanese women especially are doing and and i think you know a lot of women in general are doing is you know one day my kids will be gone and then I'll be I'll be okay you know I'll be able to do all the things I wanted to do well that's not actually true um, because there you will be doing all the things for the other people anyway when right. you when you get to that point so it's about um, building building that muscle of how to um, live the life that you want and how to have the confidence to um, make the choices to live the life that you want now and it might be so such a tiny tiny thing but it's a step forward or it's a it's a step <laughs> and and so um you know sometimes i'll do something really wild and amazing like go to america for a week which is what i did last year mm -hmm. and i wouldn't never expect any of my clients to do that but by doing that they are at least inspired to try something for themselves. Yeah. 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 So whatever that might be on wherever they are in their own journey. Yeah. So meeting people where they are mm -hmm. and, um, and inspiring them through my own actions, walking my talk is, um, is part of what I do. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's kind of, kind of how I do it. <laughs> to, and um and i love learning so i'm always i'm on this i'm on my own journey and mm. um learning as i go and i love teaching so i love um you know teaching people what i've learned and and also for a japanese woman giving them access to um you know how we can go out there and we can find all this amazing information it's all in english but not all of it ends up being translated into japanese so um you know being a shortcut to help um, women especially get access to this amazing um, ways of thinking 
or, you know, ideas, different ideas, because, you know, obviously there are cultural differences between um, me and New Zealand women, even though I've lived in Japan for 17 years, I'm still not, you know, I'm not a, a Japanese person, obviously. Um, but that's, that's something that, that, that a lot of them really appreciate as well is, well, I don't have to be completely Japanese. I could bring in this other idea from another country and, and use the best of both cultures or, you know, many cultures to improve my life here in Japan. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's really important work and um, I'm looking forward to continuing it in some way, even though I won't potentially be here. Um, you know, my body won't be in Japan. Um, but that's another, another way to inspire my clients and, you know, people who follow this podcast and things is just to say, well, I'm going to make the best of the situation. And um, when it came up that we were going to be moving, mm -hmm. I had my own little pity party for a few days. I did. I'll admit it. Like, what now I'm really enjoying living in Japan. Mm -hmm. I have my students and my clients and, you know, I'm really making some, um, some real progress here with people and with myself. And, and now I have to tip that all upside down and go and live at the North, like very close to the North pole. <laughs> uh, just be dramatic about it. <laughs> um, you know, in one of the, the most beautiful countries in the world, you know, poor me, <laughs> but I did have a little pity party for it a few, few days until I got back on my feet and realized, okay, there's an opportunity and let's just see what that will be and trust that it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And it always does, doesn't it? Eventually. Absolutely. And you're primed for an adventure now. So I am primed for an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. You'll know, how to, um, you'll know how to carve out the time you need to do the things you need to really fill up your cup there and to be so full that you can give and build a great community there. It'll be awesome and inspiring for everyone here. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and it's a, a lovely chance to just reset. You know how sometimes things just sort of pile up on your schedule? Yes. And you're like, oh, that, that meeting and this thing that, you know, I, I'm just going to have to reset yeah. my schedule, right? Start new over. <laughs> yeah, new calendar. So um, this is an amazing chance to, to set up some new habits, to create yeah, new connections, all those things. So, um, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. And how about you? What dreams do you have for the future, Melissa? Um, yeah, that's such a good question for women, right? Like, yeah, you're right? allowed to have a think, exactly. to think about it. And it, it doesn't have to involve anybody else at all. <laughs> you know, it could be just for you. <laughs> um, I really want to... Gosh, everything creative. It's like, I, do, I think I just want to go back to summer camp, <laughs> like back to camp. I want archery time. I want pottery. I want, no, but um, there are some amazing cooking schools here in Tokyo and I want to do those. Mm -hmm. I want to have like greater authority in the kitchen for my own food writing. And um, I want to do that like full force. Um, between pasta making, I... Um, I lead, I mean, I teach some women how to make challah. Do you know what challah is? The Jewish braided bread 
I think I've seen it. I don't think I've ever had a chance to eat yeah. it though. Yeah. Um, so I, I do that, but I'd like to learn from like the best. There are some amazing bakers right. and uh, just like, I love, I love everything about food and writing. And so I want more of that. I want food trips around the world. I want to be in Italy for a summer. That would be glorious. Um, yeah, all of it. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting the 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 full body tingles as Sarah Furia um, mentioned on her podcast. When you so this this means that you're on the right path because I'm getting like these body tingles. <laughs> so you're on the right track there. It's yeah, not the caterpillars, right? <laughs> no, no caterpillars. No, yeah. So that's awesome. I love it. It sounds fantastic. Let's get it on the schedule. <laughs> Yeah, no, all of it. And um, yeah. we, were, we were in Israel last summer with the kids and that was amazing. But like, yeah, just to be in new lush places and exploring like food scene and like people and, and cooking with them. And um, sorry, can, can I just keep talking? That's yeah, a, go, go, go. <laughs> a new project I'm, I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So I'm basically inviting myself into kitchens in Tokyo and um and I want to cook with you I want to bake with you I want to um make mixed drinks with you I want to hear um from the people in the homes as mm. sit and break bread and I want to hear how they came to cook these foods and and if they're Korean how they are managing to find the ingredients what what have they changed now that they're in japan how does this dish now reflect maybe they they come from wherever in the middle east or maybe they're colombian and they're they're doing their family dinners but it now has a japanese twist or they really kept it um at what it was somehow mm -hmm. so i just and and in uh, japanese homes with older people younger people like i i'm documenting and taking pictures and some voice clips and like all of the stories as well as the recipes and and just the food shots and all to to connect and build community so i you can tell i'm excited about that yeah and you left it till the very last minute to tell me about it but anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um often the best stuff comes out last yeah um that sounds fantastic so if people want to see these or um you know read or you know how do people get how can people find these things that you're working on as is, is it out in the world yet or is it still a work in progress or that that um project is called eaten like like i have eaten the the plums but eat and um n like the word n japanese word so meaning connection mm -hmm. um so that point of connection um and that is in such baby forms that I cannot even share the social media yet. Oh, but so exciting. In the next, in the next month is my goal. And so I am, I am actively scheduling times with people in and outside of Tokyo. So if anyone is interested, it, it can be the tiniest apartment or a, somehow here, a big kitchen, whatever. It can be a single burner and we make ramen, whatever. I would be so mm -hmm. hungry for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with Melissa and become part of this project um, or to, to follow her once it's out in the world, where can people contact you? 
Um, I suppose for now my, my email or like Facebook or my regular Instagram mm -hmm. will all be linked up. That's right. Yep. And okay. So, um, yeah, the, uh, Melissa's regular Instagram might be the easiest way to, yeah, <laughs> to find let's her. Go, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and I'll put that in the show notes for people so who want to get in touch with you. Very good. Yeah. I'm in, I'll be keeping my eyes open to see how this project comes out and potentially when this episode is out, you're, you'll be a little bit further along with oh, your, your plans. Yeah. So. And that's a great goal for me. So that's, yeah. I'll have it available. October 28th people. <laughs> that's also my, um, my wedding anniversary. So I will not forget. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, well that's a, a happy coincidence then. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I guess that brings us full circle then. So thank you so much for coming on today and telling us about, you know, how you are making your part of Japan special to you, how you are um, making Japan work for you and, you know, using the skills and your um, passions in Japan and following, you know, following those passions, even though you're here in Japan and really making it work for you. I love, I love talking about that with you today. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you. And thank you that um, your original inspiration and all that you've been learning is, is just flowing out to all of us. And thanks for having me on your show. I loved it. All right. So if you have any um, questions for Melissa, you can find her over on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes and um, Melissa will be in our podcast club. So come and join the club if you're not already in there and you can chat to her in there as well. It's a lovely safe space. So thank you so much, Melissa. And I look forward to meeting you in person sometime, somewhere, somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was an interview with Melissa. I hope you enjoyed that. And so she mentioned her um, eaten or eat in, <laughs> I think it is, um, her new project that she's working on with, um, you know, different people in Tokyo and introducing their culture's food and how they cook it either with a Japanese twist etc. So if you would like to take part in that, then definitely give Melissa a message over on Instagram. You can get her at Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A dot Uchiyama, U-C-H-I-Y-A-M-A dot nine four six. And I will put that in the show notes as well. Um, if you send her a message there, she'll be able to get in contact with you about uh, taking part in that. And I'd love to see some listeners from this podcast on there if possible. And if you would like to talk more with Melissa or, um, yeah, sort of hear other listeners um, discussing our episodes, please come and join us over in the podcast club on Facebook. Um, it's, it's a free group you can join. It's a very high vibe, safe, positive group. And it's not too noisy or a time and, you know, time intensive kind of group either. So um, it's just a really nice place for you to, to be part of our community of listeners. So um, definitely come and join us there. Uh, there's a link for that in the show notes as well. Yeah. So that's all for this week. And um, yeah, I've had, I've got so, so many more great 
interviews coming with amazing women living here in Japan. Now, if you are an, an amazing woman living here in Japan, and even if you've Um, you know, I don't know you or we've never even, you know, messaged each other on Instagram or anything, that is totally fine. Just give me a shout out and say, hey, I think I'd be a really good fit for your podcast. Because if you're listening to this podcast, potentially you are a great um, potential person to be on the podcast. So I'd love to hear from you. And, you know, even if you're like, oh, but I don't know what I'd talk about the wall, let me be the judge of that. <laughs> I'm sure we can find something to talk about. And, you know, what is what you feel is like most personal is also most general. So a lot of other people will get value from, um, you know, listening to your story and your experience, your way of life in Japan and how you're making it work for you. So, yeah, please get in touch with me on Facebook or um, Instagram at Jane Nakata. I would very much like to hear from you. So in the meantime, have a wonderful week and I'll see you next Monday with a new episode coming soon. Okay, bye-bye. Minasan, konnichiwa. Kyo no episode wa Meresa-san no とのインタビューでした。メレサさんは、あの、アメリカ人で12年以上前かな、日本に、あの、いらしてきて、あの、東京の方に住んでますね。で、彼女はもう、ライターとして活躍してるし、あと、小学校の先生も、あの、アメリカに小学校の先生も仕事をしてて、いろんな,あのなんか教育とかライティングの知恵がある方ですね。あと食べ物とか食事あのベーキングにすごく興味があってでその3つの,あの才能とかあの趣味を混ぜていろんな活動をしてます東京の方に全部自分から始まったことであのすごいなと思いました。一つはあのライティングキャンプですね。で夏,夏休みの間に子どもたちが1週間ぐらいそのキャンプ毎日行っていろんな体験しながらあのライティングのスキルを練習するあの別にずっと机で座って書くんじゃなくてあのお出かけしながらあのそのなんか虫を見な例えば虫見てどんな動きしてるのかとかそれをあのどういうふうに表現するのかとかあの考えたりそういうライティングのキャンプも毎,毎年やってますしあとあの日本語と英語であのベーキング教室をやってますねカフェで。でそのカフェは東京にあるんですね。もし今日、そう、まあ、その二つに興味があったら、この、あの、エピソードのショーノーツという、あの、ところに、その全部のリンクが入ってるので、皆さんはちょっとご覧になってください。あの、これから新しい、あの、ことが始まるところですね。それは、イーテンっていうあのイートの食べると日本の円の,あの関係その和とかあの,のイーテンと食べましたみたいな意味であの
のプロジェクトが始まるんですね。でそのプロジェクトはいろんな方のお家に入って、キッチン、まあ、どのキッチンでもいい、でもいいし、どんな、あの、たと、例えば、あの、家庭料理、どんな家庭料理を作ってるのかとかの、あの、ドキュメンタリーみたいな、あの、まあ、書いたり、写真撮ったり、動画撮ったりをして、そのプロジェクトが今、あの、始まってるところなので、もし、あ自分も参加したいなと思ってたら、あの、インスタグラムでメレッサさんに連絡してください。いろんなボランティアを探してる<笑>、あの、ところなので、チャンスですね。そういう、あの、あの、食べる文化で、あの、縁を作るっていうのも、あの、したいって言ってましたね。<笑>なので、今日メリサさんのインタビューを聞いて、あの、いや、私なんかやってみ、私も何かやってみたいなとか思ってるかもしれないですね。で、メリサさんも子供3人もいるんですね。子供3人もいるし、あの、いるのに、もうできる範囲で活動をしてますね。もう子供を捨てて<笑>、あの、その活動ばっかりじゃなくて、あの、ね、家族、の面倒を見ながら、あと子供たちがね、幼稚園にいる間になんかいろいろやったり、そういう、まあ、生活はしてますね。私もそうですね。もちろんね、子供のことも、の面倒も見たいし、自分のこともやりたいので、あの、どういうふうにそのバランス取れるのかを、あの、もちろん疑問ですね。<笑>どういうふうに、あの、マイ、マイタイムとか、あの、自分のやりたいことを、済ませる。でも、子供のことと私のことは、もう同じくらい重要と思ってるんですね。私はそうだと思うんですけど、あの、皆さんも、もしかして子供のことは自分のことより、もう全然大事と思ってるかもしれないですね。あの、もうちょっと自分のことも大事だなと考え始めると、ちょっとやりやすくなるんですね。で、あの、自分の、あの、コップが満杯だったら、もっといいお母さんになれるっていう話もしました。あの、もう、空っぽのコップから、もう愛、ね、子供に愛情を与えるのは、もう難しいですね。あの、あんまり優しく、優しくないお母さんになってしまうと思いますので、ぜひ皆さん自分のコップを、あの、満杯にして、ね、いろんな自分の楽しみを作って、で、その幸せなお母さんになってください。ね。あの、自分をダメにするだけでみんなを世話するとうまくいかないんですね。長く続けられないし、いろんな、あの、悪い方向に行ってしまうので、あの、もう、もうちょっと自分のことでもう大事だなって、あの、頑張ってやってみてください。一歩踏み出してみてください。なので、あの、今日はこれで終わりになるんですけど、もし、あの、自分の、あの、ことを始めたいなと思っている方だったら、ぜひ教えてください。あと、ポッドキャストクラブもあるので、あの、英語を使ってみたい方だったら、ぜひ、あの、そのクラブに入ってください。Facebook グループで無料です。なので、これで終わりになります。あの、来週、来週も、お楽しみにしてください。よろしくお願いします。See you soon! Thank you! Bye bye!